Welcome to the Community Podcast, brought to you by the Community Paper. Since 1989, the Community Paper has been sharing good news happening in downtown Orlando and College Park. Your hosts for the show are Orlando native and the paper's publisher, Debbie Gunter, and Orlando transplant and managing editor, Tommy Cardinal. Hey, it's Nick Jargoody. Welcome back to the Community Podcast. I'm here with Tommy Cardinal. We have a special episode for you. Tommy did an interview with one of the Main Street directors, a new Main Street director. Mm -hmm. For the newest Main Street. A new director for a new Main Street. Yeah, so the City District expanded its borders a few years ago to include Paramore with the ultimate goal of making Paramore its own Main Street eventually, and that happened this year. And so Paramore District is now its own Main Street District, and they have a executive director who was working with the city district before on the Paramore side. So that was sort of like a tutorial for her and warming her up yep. to the community and everything. And she is now officially the executive director of the Paramore District. Perfect. So we're going to hear your interview with Natasha Gay right now. Yeah. My name is Natasha Gay, and I'm the executive director for Paramore District, which is the 12th Orlando Main Street. Um, and mainly it's Paramore Heritage and Creative Village. It's kind of a bit of I-4, Highway 50, and then a bit past Westmoreland down to the 408. So that's kind of our boundary. Um, but I've lived in Orlando my entire life. So um, I went to private school and went to West Orange High School. I lived mainly on the west side of town. Didn't really come over to the east side until I was older. Uh Went to Valencia College for um, my AA, and then I graduated from Rollins College with uh, um, my bachelor's in, uh, I'm like, wow, my degree, <laughs> business management. <laughs> what was that degree? I know, and a minor <laughs> in um, organized behavior, so I really enjoyed my time. It's actually really cool because I have not been on a mic <laughs> since I um, was a programming manager at WPRK and had oh, my own wow. show. So. Wait, WPRK is the... Rollins College the Rollins Radio College Station. One, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Probably um, coming up on 70 years now that it's been. Active. How many? About 70, because when That's I was amazing. in school, we were in the 60s. So, yeah. Cool. Well, so you are the executive director of the newly formed Paramore District. Mm-hmm. And so the executive director is. Uh, talk about your role and what, what exactly you do. So you're the only. Uh, paid person in the in the Paramore district yeah right? so. yeah so the way that um, main streets really work and operate is you have one staff member which is the executive director and then we do have a board of directors and they're all volunteers and then our committees where that's where all the projects happen um, from you know the mm-hmm. ideation process and then going to the board for approval of funding those are all volunteers as well so <laughs> yes I am the only staff member um, for a board of volunteers and then working with folks that want to work on specific projects with us. Okay. The Paramore district branched off from the city district mm-hmm. when the, so the city district expanded a few years ago into Paramore. And the idea was to eventually, uh, make Paramore its own main street. Could you talk a little bit about the yeah. history of it and how that came to be? Yeah. So, um, you know, the church street merchants really started their own merchants association 
and Orlando Main Streets uh, reached out to them about becoming a Main Street. And so back then, the Church Street District was basically Church Street from Orange Avenue down to Terry. And in 2019, um, speaking with Orlando Main Streets, they decided to expand over into Paramore and create a village. We actually went all the way to OBT. Mm -hmm. um, and that was with in mind that City District would be a mentor for the Paramore Main Street. And so all the funding would be together as one. But really, when you're thinking about it, Back then, it was an associate director and executive director. The associate director was just focusing on Paramore. Executive director would still focus on, you know, the central business district at large mm -hmm. in downtown Orlando. And so that all happened in 2019, um, about October, you know, what we'll call the city's, uh, you know, quarter one of 2019 and 2020. Mm -hmm. And so I actually was hired um, in September of 2020. They had an associate director previously, but, you know, um, COVID happened, just really changed a lot of things. And so um, they had resigned and I had um, been hired. And so for me, really starting, I mean, one, there's an acclimation to Main Streets, period, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> like different lingo, uh, different structure, different strategies. So really kind of diving headfirst into that and also really seeing the needs in Paramore. Um, for economic vitality and design and really programming in that area. Um, so it's been really a fun ride in our agreement um, with City District and the Orlando Main Streets. We had a five-year period in our agreement um, that within that five-year period that if Paramore so choose so that they could become their own Main Street. Mm -hmm. And so technically we're kind of near two two going into three, having that breakout. And something that I really noticed while I was doing this work is um, the identities and the narratives for Paramore and the Central Business District in downtown are extremely different. And I think even in the branding, it was easy to get lost in the messaging just because that identity wasn't really shared by the Paramore residents or even business owners. I mean, the professional services are very different. The restaurants are different, mm -hmm. um, you know, the entertainment um, venues. So it was just um, it was really kind of time for us to kind of become our own main street so we can really truly focus on the needs um, of our business community. You talked a little bit about economic vitality and the ways you want to see Paramore improve. What are your priorities uh, for the district as you sort of get into this role? Yeah, so I think number one is right now we have to really take account of what is our inventory of building stock? What is viable for new businesses to uh, come in? Do we have turnkey? Do we have some buildings that need some love, which we do? <laughs> we have quite a bit of vacancies if we're talking about what we'll call a Main Street drag. And so a Main Street drag is just like the Milk District's Robinson, right? So you mm -hmm. have those shops or bars or um, restaurants that you can go to and it's very walkable um, so for us that's South Paramore Avenue from Church Street down to Anderson and we have quite a few vacancies there and so it's really a first priority is who are our property owners how can we begin building relationships with them um, and Main Streets it's really important to know like what succession plans are what would you like to do with the building um, is this a family endeavor um, are you looking to sell because knowing those things allow you to know if there is an opportunity for someone looking to move into the district then you know a little bit better who you can connect them to so I would say that's definitely a first priority 
of course, knowing our businesses and their needs and really helping them succeed. I mean, the pandemic has been hard for everybody, especially businesses. And so we have had so many, especially legacy businesses that have survived, you know, so that's really Mm -hmm. great. And we want to make sure that they're continuing to be successful. So I would say that is probably our top priority, but truly like when we really think about it, it's really building trust and building relationships. Um, I would say that there is, um, a lot of questioning, um, when it comes to what's happening in that area. And I would say that that is something that, is valid, you know, from folks questioning, Mm -hmm. um, just how things played out previously or how they felt in certain situations. And you really hear that a lot. So, um, you know, I remember one time talking to Jay Henry from Jay Henry's barbershop and he was like, you got to show us, not tell us because there's been a lot of talking and, and maybe some of those things haven't truly been seen by the community. And so I think showing up in a way to really offer support and showing and telling what Main Street actually is about and how beneficial it is to have one. I mean, just living in Orlando most all my life, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just like 10 years ago, uh, all of the Main Streets look very different today. You know, they've done a lot of hard work to really cultivate economic vitality and really create an experience for people, you know, for their community that is within the district, but also inviting folks to come out and experience, you know, the niche uh, offerings that they have. So we're hoping to see that for Paramore as well, but knowing that we have to uplift the community that's currently there, our business owners that have been there. Yeah, you talked you talked about uh, resident concerns, and mm-hmm. um, I, I think that some people may be concerned about gentrification when they hear uh, about any changes in Paramore. Um, and I'm, I wonder what you would say to those concerns. Yeah, I think they're all valid. Like, I'm really not here to tell anybody how to feel or that they're wrong about that, or even try to change their mind and saying, well, you can't think like that. I think the reason why they have those viewpoints is because they've had an experience that felt like that, that was indicative of that. And, um, you know, I do say that it is great to see economic development, but the community does have to have a seat at the table, um, something that's not performative, but truly allowing folks to share how they feel. Now, (laughs) we've just had a lot. I mean, there's just so many things that you learn, right? Um, And Paramore has really been surveyed and polled a lot. And so I would say that folks aren't interested in like sharing in that perspective of filling out a survey. but they truly want to see some benefits. And, you know, we can talk about things like safety, right, public transportation, our streetscapes, you know, what that looks like for people that are commuters in that area. Um, I think we're doing a really wonderful job in the sense of education when we're talking about residents, right? So this is more focus of the community at large. And so right now, we need to look at what is this community missing that we see in other areas, right? And so like one thing is that we don't have a grocery store, um, even something like uh, Clemens, right? That's like produce, like Mm -hmm. fresh food. Like we do have a CSA program with Infinite Zion Farms and we do have community gardens where people can grow themselves. But when we think about some of the things that support, like businesses that support the residents that are currently there, we're kind of missing those things like a pharmacy and, you know, even like, like I was saying, like a co-op space where there can be like fresh produce or things provided. Um, Those are all really important. And for me, 
the main street really here is here to be a platform for other people to advocate for the things that they want. Um, it would be really, <laughs> um, I think it would be a bad look for us to, you know, advocate for looking for businesses that aren't going to benefit the community that's currently there, mm -hmm. right? Um, something that might already be there or something that isn't a need, more of a want. And so mm -hmm. I think we have to have those types of conversations, you know, with our neighborhood associations, with folks in the community, with leaders in the community. I think kind of the chain reaction of communication kind of comes from all those folks, you know, it's just like not one source. Mm -hmm. I, I've got a question about, you, you talked about how produce is kind of hard to find in, in Paramore, but I, I have, just from visiting, I like these convenience stores, maybe they're not uh, labeled as grocery stores. Yeah. I always hear Paramore described as a food desert, mm -hmm. but when you walk into some of these stores, there's produce there. So I'm wondering where, where that comes from and like, how has it been labeled a food desert when there's these stores like mm -hmm. the grocery store at the Paramore Mural Reveal? That's a grocery oh. store, right? Yeah. So I'm going to call these like bodegas, right? And mm -hmm. so if you aren't from Florida or <laughs> you you live in New York or places like that, mm -hmm. a bodega would really fill in for a grocer. So say, oh, I need an onion or some garlic or um, I need some more pasta sauce or some oil, like diapers, or they mm -hmm. would have these things at the corner store. So it's not like, oh, I can just go down to the bodega and grab that. And usually like fresh food. But a lot of our convenience stores have a lot of packaged food, processed mm. food. Not um, as much produce as a, a no, grocery store? No, so like size market, or? yeah. So size market, they do have a butcher in the back and they do have things that you could purchase like rice and beans. And, you know, I know that uh, Ray from Infinite Zion Farm has gone around to see these different grocers or convenience stores if there's a space for fresh produce. But when we think about our folks are actually taking, you know, the limo bus that goes all the way down to Lake Eola to go to the Publix there, mm. right? And the Publix has a pharmacy, which takes Medicaid and Medicare. So you think about like how far, which it's such a benefit to have the limo transit, right? Because it's a shorter line. Most of them are like, you know, every, I think during the weekday, every six to seven minutes or every 15 minutes for a bus to come on the our air conditioning. So it's like really wonderful that people could like hop in there and go down there. Mm -hmm. But that's outside of their community that they're having to travel. So I think when we talk about food desert, we're talking about having it all, you know, like having a grocery store that can be outfitted, not a store that might have some oil or rice or, but that you could really get everything. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's definitely a need because, I mean, you kind of look in the greater, even outside of Paramore, go down OBT, like go down further off of 50, you know, like where is the grocery store? I think the Caribbean uh, grocery store that's like near John Young and 50 is like the closest like fresh hmm. um, produce type of grocer. Okay. Yeah. Because I'd, I'd always been a little confused about that because I'm mm -hmm. like, they say it's a food desert and there's no produce, but... You go into these stores and there's lettuce and but but it's just the you think it's the, just the amount of yeah exactly op there's not like really a large variety it's mm -hmm. just smaller amount and you know just thinking about time you know if you have to go to multiple places to get different things instead of being able to say oh I can get most of my food for the week here mm -hmm. um, I think that's definitely a concern because you know in the end time is money um, and 
having something that's in your community is really beneficial. But, you know, um, the CSA program from Infinite Zion is really great. It's $5 for Paramore residents. If anybody would like to be a part of that outside of Paramore, it's 15 a week. And then um, Ebony has the uh, fresh produce bus um, that does come around. So there are options, but, you know, these are, you know, um, these were created with mindfulness of the community having a lack of resources okay. to fresh food. Yeah. Um, you talked a little bit about the main street of mm-hmm. Paramore and you sort of see that as South Paramore Avenue. So yeah. Like the main street drag is what I'll call it. Like, uh-huh. uh, where you could, um, like here off of Edgewater. Right. So that's the main street drag yeah. for college park. You, you were telling me earlier that that's sort of the area that you guys are really focusing on initially. Could you go into more detail? Yeah. On that? If you look at our map, which you can see at the city of Orlando for Orlando main streets, you'll see kind of like two tone colors there. Um, and we have a Paramore zone one Paramore zone two. And that was really to just talk about the focus area. Cause it is a very, big footprint to start off with Mm -hmm. um and that paramore zone one is within our national registered historic district so with that being said we want to make sure that one our historical properties are being taken care of and that you know just because we are a national registered historic district doesn't mean that the buildings are protected they technically could be knocked down there's no protection for them i mean it's great to have that status but there's a longer process that goes into getting like a landmark site for a specific property. And then the way that repairs are done um, or renovations to that space um, is very particular, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. you're within guidelines. So most of our buildings are within the church division, like down to Anderson and McFall, like that is the National Registered Historic District footprint. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the buildings are within, it's about 80 different buildings. So that is our first priority, right? Because that is our most main street um, drag style space, mm-hmm. as well as Church Street, you know, when we go from um, division, right down, even down to like Westmoreland, because there's still some folks on the way (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh but really city view and the building block across the street that's like more of a shopping retail eatery so where people can walk because we think about walkability in a main street it's really about what is around for us to experience in just a smaller scale of a strip of a road you know and so we do want to focus on south paramore avenue because the buildings there need a lot of love. Most of them are historic. Mm-hmm. And this is a space where we have, you know, everybody talks about parking downtown, but we have street parking. Um, there are some parking lots. And so it's very easy. It's actually free parking. So people could park there and they could, you know, go to their restaurant of choice or go to their retail shop of choice. Um, so that is because we have such a large area. And I, I would say there's such a great need all over. That is like kind of our, our first focus. And, and what do you see as what you're going to do there? Like, what, what's your what's your vision for the South Paramore Avenue corridor? Yeah, so we would love to work with entrepreneurs and business owners that maybe are currently working out of their house right now in Paramore, right? Or in Paramore adjacent areas, Holden Heights areas in the OBT, um, West Lakes area, Lake Lorna Dune. Um, we know that we saw a huge... Um, amount of folks go from 
being employed to becoming self-employed. And so people have online businesses, people work at makers markets and farmers markets, or maybe they have a cottage kitchen in their home where they're selling things. And so what we really want to do is we want to find um, those entrepreneurs, those business owners, and begin to work with them to then have a brick and mortar. Um, I think it's really about what can this community offer, um, as well as who in the community is looking to become a business owner. Um, that's really important that we provide the tools that may be needed for them to learn about what is available. We have quite a few incentives in our district just because we are a part of the CRA and we're also part of the city of Orlando. So there are incentives for new business owners that do look at opening a brick and mortar uh, retail space in the area. Could you talk about the the two zones again or Mm -hmm. go into more detail? So originally the city district Mm -hmm. expanded to Paramore and they had three zones. Yeah. There was Paramore zone one, two or three, or maybe mm-hmm. it was A, B and C back then. No, it was one, two, but, three. Um, yeah. And, and West Lakes became its own. Mm-hmm. So now you guys are just left with the two. Mm-hmm. So what's really the difference? Is it, you're focusing on Paramore zone one first? Yeah. So of course we're going to focus on all of Paramore, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that is where our efforts will begin as Paramore zone one to then encompass Paramore zone two. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, they will, we will be working with business owners, whether they're located in PZ two or PZ one. Um, but that is our main focus is to really save these buildings. Cause a lot of them have just been sitting and deteriorating. And what's so beautiful about main street is they have such a focus on historical preservation and knowing about the past and even being able to be in this era to learn about a specific time period of local Orlando history is so important. And so if those buildings are level, a part of our story is missing, right? Because we had the physical space to represent what occurred there. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we've lost a lot of spaces, you know, already. (laughs) So like the Carver Theater, you know, the Lincoln Theater, those were African-American theaters in Paramore, completely gone. The South Street Casino, you know, these buildings were places where the community came to gather, to celebrate, to be entertained. And, you know, it's a big part of our history, but they're no longer there. And so we don't want to see that happening to any more historical buildings. And so that's why it's important to say, one, who owns these buildings? How can we begin to build relationships? What are their needs? What can we provide? Kind of be a liaison. You know, are there incentives that the city has that they could take advantage of? Definitely. Yes, (laughs) for sure. And the CRA. So for us, it's like, we just have to know who owns the building. What are their plans? Are they looking for a buyer? Do they um, want to pass this down through their family line? Um, Do they want to open a concept? Do they just need help? Um, Do they just need information? And so that's really important first to know who's in your community, who are the stakeholders. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of why that's our first focus. You see yourself as kind of a a middleman between, I I don't (laughs) know, like the the city and um, business. Like, I don't know, like say, say, a paramore business owner wants to sell their business, but they're not sure how to start. They would come to you. Do you sort of see that as part of your role? Yeah, I definitely see a part of our, our role is really being in the know, right. And it's being a resource and being able to find a business owner with a property owner. Like just last week I had three different people asking me about buildings in paramore. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we do have what's available as in 
for sale, for lease, but we have all these other buildings that are completely empty, right? Um, they're just sitting there. So if we do know that a business owner has a idea or would like to see something for that building, um, that we would be able to make that introduction. You know, that's kind of where I see our place is um, networking and resources and really just being a trusted guide, right? Um, for disseminating specific information and getting the right people connected. Mm -hmm. uh, what's the biggest obstacle you think you face when you look at revitalizing Paramore? Hmm. Well, I, I definitely think a lot of it is communication and that's a couple of different breakdowns. Um, so one, you know, having folks know like what is the main street? What does main street do? What is our focus? Um, how can we assist? How can you get involved? I think first knowing, cause I think people say, yeah, main street USA, Disney, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think a lot of people know that yeah. the national main street program started out in the seventies and it was really to protect rural communities that were seeing large box stores like Walmart come in and these mom and pop shops were suffering. Mm. And so it's about creating, you know, programming, a story that people are very intrigued by and want to support um, and want to experience. So I think communication, one of telling our story of who we are and what we do, but also I think how do we reach out to the folks and get them involved? So when you think about people that have been over surveyed and polled and are not immediately going to say, Oh, I have all this additional time to, go ahead and uh, volunteer, how do we be come in conversation to knowing what their needs are and what they would like? You know, um, right now, still door knocking is probably the best way to get communication out, which we live in the digital age. And we know that these folks are online, you know, they're on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok and um, Twitter. Uh, but you know, it's not the same. Like if you even go to the Facebook groups that are for Paramore, they're not heavily posted on or the information it's not in that same space and maybe the folks aren't listening to specific news outlets so it's really finding about like who's the demographic right um we have young families and we have our elders our aging population those are like the two highest data sets of who are our community in paramore mm -hmm. So um, I think communicating with them and getting them involved and hearing their input um, is really important. But how do we do that? That's very mindful and considerate of their time and the history of how it felt before when engaging. You talked about people who might not know what a Main Street is. They think Disney. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what should someone who doesn't uh, know about Main Streets know about the Paramore District or Main Streets in general? In Florida, we have our Florida Main Streets, and they are all under the state. Um, they're funded very differently. Um, I would say that that comes with their own challenges as well. And so we're really um, fortunate to have a coordinating program here in Orlando. And I would say that's why... Um, our main streets are so successful just from the resources um, and the focus on that. Um, so I would first start there. You can go to, you know, the uh, uh, city of Orlando website and just type in Orlando main streets and you'll see all 12 there and all the information there and what our Orlando Main Street's program really focuses on. Um, but there's a lot of information from the National Main Street level as well. Like if you would like to go on YouTube or even just search National Main Street. You'll find a lot of really cool information. Um, there's like 
you know, lingo to be hip to and yeah. the four point approach and all Economic this stuff. Vitality. Yeah, yeah. Right. People are like, what is this? You know? <laughs> um, but really it's just like the community coming together to support, you know, our business core and really create experiences that are worthy for our residents, our property owners, our business owners, and then the folks that would like to come and visit us. And businesses join the main street, right? Talk, talk about that aspect of it. And, um, what benefits they get or yeah so how does that work yeah so each mem normally i would say um most definitely uh all main streets have a membership program and so membership programs look very different pertaining to what is their programming like um something could be a large sponsor or um community supporter and you could see that like with banner bibs or uh the first rider refusal for events um also getting um information on the website or featured on social media um different spotlights for businesses of the month also some main streets provide some like grant assistance so maybe you need to fill out you know uh, the city of Orlando's facade grant program and you need some help um, being a part of being a member of the main street allows you to get that assistance mm. it's really just a lot of resources and another way for businesses to be elevated on a larger scale so maybe this specific restaurant has their own social media and their own website um, but then adding the main street where you're getting a larger group of folks that may say, Oh, I'd love to try out that restaurant. You know, I just saw that the college park main street did a spotlight feature on their social media and those dishes look great, you know? Yeah. So it's just really about elevating the businesses in a space so that there's more eyeballs, right? Um, more intrigue and really just assisting them. There's a lot of resources that go into assisting businesses. Like some offer like notary services, right? So if you're a business member, um, maybe someone on their staff is a notary so that they can notarize documents for you. Mm -hmm. So everybody has like kind of their own perks and it's really pertaining to what is your programming so like what's your event do you have galas do you have fundraising events do you have very large music festivals or block parties um a lot of benefits on usually a higher level come from you know sponsoring those events or having those businesses information available on um, different marketing resources how, how many members do you all have right now? Well, currently, because we are a brand new Main Street, we do not have any. <laughs> so really, our job right now is a lot of organization and structural needs. Um, so that's going from hiring a bookkeeper, opening a bank account, or <laughs> getting our articles of incorporation, all the way to creating a membership program um, so that we can then invite folks to be a part of that. And for us... You know, I would say that the downtown, part of downtown, like City District, Thornton Park, and Paramore are very different from other main streets just because of the high density and what the experience is like in being in downtown. And so when we think about our membership, you know, what is the greatest and highest need of our business owners? Is it... Um, resources for professional services or workshops? Um, is it, you know, growth minded? Um, we have to determine those specifics for our community and see what their greatest need is. I think that's why when we did apply for the Wells Fargo grant that we were awarded, 
you know, one thing that business owner says, like, you know, we need assistance with helping with some of the things that the incentives for the facade and site improvement grants do not provide. You know, so um, one of our grant recipients really needed to buy barber chairs, you know, furniture, which is not something typically covered in those um, grants from the CRA in the city. So we're like, how can we get folks the help they need? We also included things like professional services for marketing if they possibly needed that point of sale systems, you know, things also like if you'd like to paint your building or you needed to put a new floor down um, or plumbing services, or you just needed to make a purchase for your building that wasn't specific to like HVAC or roofing or your facade. So um, we included things that were not included in other grants just because we saw a need there. Mm. Um, And really happy that we were able to provide grants to eight business owners. And are there residential members or is that a yeah, thing? Yeah, so Main Street does definitely have residential membership. Um, and that is all specific to some Main Streets do like uh, a residential membership card where there's, you know, discounts or buy one, get ones with the retail shops that are within their community. And so for us, we're really going to have to work with our neighborhood associations and folks that get into our community centers and really asking them what they would like to see. I know for us, it's really important that the residents, even though we are always focused on our business core and economic vitality, but it's important that our residents are going to support these businesses. Uh, earlier, you mentioned a little bit about uh, empty real retail space. And from an outside view, I think Paramore does seem to have a lot of empty retail, commercial, warehouse space, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um is filling those spaces one of your first priorities? Is that what, how much need do you see there? Yeah, I would definitely say, you know, when we're talking about South Paramore Avenue, having a lot of vacancies, um, that's a huge priority for uh, Main Streets, right? Um, we don't want to see a lot of vacancies. We hope to see like a good turnaround if someone's leaving, that someone's coming, uh, <laughs> moving in quite soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is really important because we can't. So this is what I think of, of like stickiness of keeping someone into your main street. So, um, I want to go out to dinner with my family. Um, and so after we go out to dinner, I'm like, oh, let's grab some ice cream over here. So we grab some ice cream and then we go and say, oh, there's actually a play happening at the theater. I'd love to go to that. Let's buy tickets, right? You come for one experience, but you stay for more right now. We have these large entertainment venues in our district where people are coming, like thousands of people are coming to watch their favorite sports team or to see a concert performance. Um, but not all of them are staying in the district and that stickiness of going to other businesses or frequenting other shops is really happening. Mm. And so when you have more offerings, right, there's more to do. So, um, you know, you could check out the murals, you can go down to the Wells built, you can go to the museum and check that out. Then maybe you can go to a game or grab some food or grab a drink, a bite to eat, you know, hang out at a park. Um, right now our main street is in need of those things because we have these really great larger than life venues that people are coming to visit, but they're not really staying in the district for the other um, offerings that we do have. Mm -hmm. I think of when people go to a Orlando city soccer game, for example, and tens of thousands of people flood out Mm -hmm. and it seems like everyone, everybody walks straight, straight on the street down to the, uh, 
other side of I-4. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see a, an opportunity there. Yeah. I mean, so especially because, you know, most of the games are in our hottest season, right? So I don't know that everybody really wants to be outside tailgating. But, um, you know, if there were spaces that people could frequent before the game, after the game, I think that definitely helps out the economy, right? And then those businesses could be ready knowing, okay, game day is happening. We should, you know, see this many people in our restaurant or this many people in our boutique. Um but right now, we, we kind of don't see that. I mean, some of the businesses off of Church Street, especially um, in City View, are getting frequent. You know, um, Broken Strings Brewery, these places that are very close to the stadium. Um, I know Stonewall was also, when it was open, people would frequent there. Um, but we want to see more of that. We want to see more of people coming to experience one thing, but staying longer because they're checking out other businesses in our district and what, what it has to offer. When I think of the Paramore District branching off and becoming its own thing from the city district, um, one of the things that comes to my mind is the Under Eye Project and Mm -hmm. how the Under Eye Project, the whole idea of it, according to the city, is to sort of bridge those two communities. Mm -hmm. How excited are are you for that? And what do you see that as uh, impacting the community? Well, I think um, public spaces are really important. Green spaces are really important for us to move our bodies, to be within community, um, and especially utilizing something like I-4, (laughs) you know, uh, massive interstate to really kind of create a space for connection. I think that's really important. Um, and because this will be almost like the bridge in between both of the communities, I know that, um, I spoke to some people that work on the project and it's very important that all communities and visitors, this is a place where everybody feels welcome, you know? So I'm really excited to see, I haven't seen any updated, um, project information, so I'm not I exactly don't think sure. There is any updates really that they, they yeah. had the, um, conceptual plans but none of the things that were on there are finalized yeah i think they're still in early stages there they were waiting for i4 to be done which i guess it is yeah Yeah. uh, (laughs) people are taking the express (laughs) i4 express now i guess that signified the end of it i don't know but they're still construction crews so yeah (laughs) yeah i think that they are ending they're probably kind of dwindling down i've definitely seen the number of folks um, that are in the area working on it. Um, it's definitely less and less each day. And I know that one of the construction companies actually had an event on Monday off of Church Street to celebrate the end of the project and all those construction workers. Um, so I'm really excited to see what they do offer. Um, I guess we just have to see. We got to wait for those plans to come out because I mm-hmm. don't believe we don't even know like specifically what will be included for people to even do. So we don't even know like what kind of interactions folks could have. Mm -hmm. I think Um, they finalized like the themes that they want, but not individual uh, amenities. Yeah. So that would be really cool to see. I know a lot of people were really upset about all that parking going away. Um, but that's just kind of how downtowns are. There's not, I mean, in every city, you know, mm. Chicago, New York, there's not parking. Yeah. <laughs> I think we just like live in a city that is heavily reliant upon cars because we we only have limited mass transit options, right? Yeah. You know, so we do have the SunRail that's running Monday through Friday, and then we have the Lynx bus, you know, um, system. So I think when we look at other places that have metros, you know, like Washington, D.C., and Chicago and all these other spaces that have public transportation, we see how easier it is to get around. And so I think when people 
they're driving their car because they're driving their car around most of Orlando. You know, it's hard when you can't find parking mm-hmm. or affordable parking in downtown, you know, and that's important too. Yeah, I think that. I think that might be kind of a misconception that there's a lack of parking because there's yeah. so many garages, there's so many yeah. street parking. It, I, I mean, well, I live downtown, so I, yeah, I <laughs> don't know like recently, but when I used to, I used to live in Metro West. And I used to drive downtown mm. to do things, and I would never really like have too much of a problem. And I don't know where that comes from. I mean, I just think that we're. We're like a little big city. You know, that's how yeah. I really think like about people, Orlando. <laughs> people want to go to a business and be able to park behind it or something. Yeah. But like downtowns aren't like that. No, no. So I, I mean, most that's... large cities are not in that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you that's are a... finding um, street parking and you do have to pay for it. Um, and it is a misconception because there is parking downtown. But I think where else other than maybe on some main streets, right, that you see like that you know, they're within the city limits, obviously, and their street parking. But the design overall in Orlando, especially like when you start going from like the 60s to the 80s, we have a lot of these, okay, pull up to this plaza and park your car and go mm-hmm. to this one specific location, this business, this mall. And obviously, you see how that's really changed over the years. And so I think that it's just um, <laughs> the, the affirmed um perspective that because i drive my car and i can pull up and have a parking space everywhere i don't have to pay for did you it like feels what you heard difficult subscribe when downtown because you get it is your paid parking garage and parking tell your friends you know, and family so. to do the same i think it's just getting Stay folks down on the latest news kind of like from the community paper by visiting right? <laughs> <your community laughs> you gotta have your like top three yeah you gotta know the spaces okay one of the meters go out in downtown so i can get free street parking learn more about starting your own podcast you know depending on by visiting Orlando yeah, podcasting.com. <laughs> uh, I'm wondering if you could talk about Creative Village and how you're working with them because I know they're in your district and that's one of the biggest projects, I'd say the biggest project happening in, in your district right now. Yeah, it's really huge. Um, definitely had some communication with the project lead um, before they left the uh, city of Orlando. Um, definitely Luminary Green kind of talking and seeing how that space is going to be used. I definitely know that their intention is that this is this is a part of Paramore you know, and that everybody is welcome in that space. Um, and definitely working with folks at uh, Valencia and UCF downtown, even FAMU, um, even folks at the Julian. And so it's kind of about really finding the synergy to where one communication is being shared of what resources are available for folks to experience in that area. Um, obviously we have the Lime line of the limo bus that goes from you know, basically like, um, basically east of, uh, I-4 over into creative village. So mm-hmm. there is accessible transportation there that can, um, that you can hop from stop to stop. So, um, it's really interesting to see everything. Cause I mean, I've lived in Orlando my entire life. I was actually at the magic game where Shaq like broke the glass on the backboard. <laughs> like that's how old school I am. So like going to games at the first Amway, um, and so it's really interesting to just see how that has completely changed to have these larger businesses, organizations really stationing there and, and calling that space home. So very interested to see what other retail is going to be opening up, you know, on the opposite side of like where the Julian is, where Luminary Greens will be. Mm-hmm. I'm really interested to see what retail will, um, 
possibly lease spaces. You that's know, a to see. that's an apartment building. The I think it's Modera or something like that. Yeah. So the bottom that level, they're going to have retail on the, on the bottom. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting to kind of see. And and when we think about like larger retail stores coming in, I think that there is enough parking <laughs> in quotations, <laughs> you know, because a lot of people are like, where would I park? You know, can you think about like an Urban Outfitters being downtown or like even some of these like smaller boutique shops, you know, that are very popular across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everybody's talking about parking, but I, I definitely c- could see that, you know, on the west side of I-4, especially in Creative Village, there's there's definitely enough space for it. Um, and just having um, those residential spaces there as well with the students, I think it's a good opportunity. What else should we know? I mean, is there anything else I haven't touched on that you want to talk wow. about? Wow. I mean, I feel like we did talk about a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, I would just encourage people to like learn about the Orlando Main Streets and to learn about the history. I think that's something that's so special about these little pockets in Orlando is that we all have our own history. I mean... Um, my stepdad is actually from West Virginia, but he remembers when T.G. Lee actually had cows and pastures out there, which I'm just like, wow, that's so wild to think about. And it's just really cool to, to really experience the history from a main street standpoint and really share that story with other people. Um, you know, I think in Paramore, we definitely do have a lot of sore spots in history, you know, um, systemic oppression you know, white supremacy um, and racism. And some of those threads are still felt, right? And it's not about devaluing people if they do feel that way, but really about um, being in a space of community to create a space where people feel safe um, and so that people can join the main street and be a part of what they'd like to see in their community. I would like to see every aspect of our community participating, you know, Um, it's really important for the youth to be involved, you know, families, folks that really want to be at the table determining what they see in their communities. That's so important. And so everybody can do that, you know, no matter where you live, you can be active, whether that's your neighborhood association or your main street. Um, so yeah, just really looking forward to what's to come. We have like a lot of structural things to do, but really um love the board the folks that are involved um really excited about their ideas because you know i'm just one staffer it's really all of us together kind of ideating solutions for challenges that we see in the community community and how to really uplift our business owners um, and make sure that their businesses are thriving so i'm just really excited for the future and just to have this opportunity really really grateful um i just my intentions are so pure because I really want to see honor and dignity brought to this community, you know, especially when there are sentiments that they hadn't felt that way before. So however I can be a conduit of that, um, definitely service driven in my mind and my leadership. So, um, would love to offer anybody if they'd like to be a part of the work that we do, they can reach out to us and sure you can reach out to Tommy and Tommy can give you my information. <laughs> I'll be the middleman to your yeah. middleman work. <laughs> Please. <laughs> that would be great. That'd be really great. Yeah. Well, um, thank you very much for sitting with me and yeah. I, anyone who's looking for in- information can probably just Google Paramore district and should show up. Are you guys yeah. got your website? All yeah. Our website and... should be launched. Uh, we're hoping next week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, so, excited. This podcast will probably be then. So perfect. cool. Yeah. It'll cool. be Paramore main street. 
uh, com. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sitting with me and telling us all about it. Yeah, I appreciate it, Tommy. Thank you so much.